You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. Remember, I've been asking you to read Acts. I've been asking you, as you, read, as you read the book of Acts, to be thinking about the church. What is it? What's the Bible and the book of Acts saying about the church? What does it look like? How do they function? Things they did? Did they have leadership? What did they do? Did they eat together? And we've been studying that and reading that. I just encourage you to continue to read. But I want to read one again. I want to go back to this passage in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And I want to read to you out of the Amplified on this passage. An amplified translation. It says this They were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles and to fellowship and to eating their meals together and to prayer. And I want you to think about remember, I'm sure you remember, because um, you guys have such great memory and I'm such an incredible teacher that um, you remember it all. Um, remember, we talked about this word devoted. Do y'all remember that? Any of you? Don't be cheating. You're all looking up there cheating. <laughs> Think about this passage that I just read and the things that they were devoted to. We, we went over this word a couple of weeks ago, but I want to hit it one more time. Here's the definition of what it means to be devoted to. So think of this when you think of what we're... Don't look, turn, take that off for just a second. <laughs> what were they devoted to off the top of your head? Devoted to fellowship, to each other, to to teaching, to apostles' teaching. What else were they devoted to? Prayer. Prayer. What else? Breaking of bread. We talked about how breaking of bread is probably eating together, just in fellowship and in communion. So remember, they were devoted to these things. Now think of these things and this idea of devoted. Let's hit the, the, the definition. It means this. It means to be earnest towards... To persevere, there's ways it can be uh, translated. To be constantly diligent, to adhere to closely, to attend. In other words, the idea of giving yourself to this thing continually. To wait on continually. To continue to do something with intense effort. (laughs) Think of that as being devoted. Continually to do something with intense effort. With, the, with, here's a kicker, with the possible impl- implication of it difficulty. <laughs> so devoted as this idea, they were committed to it with, and this effort's going into being devoted to these things, and there's this possibility there's going to be some difficulty in it. To devote oneself to, to keep on, to be persistent in, to do something with devotion, with the possible implication of a systematic regular activity so when it says in the scripture we just read they were devoted to teaching to prayer to fellowship to communion to eating together real quick without looking up that definition again what do you think of they were devoted what does that mean give me some give me definition it means to what come on talk to me to sacrifice to be willing to spend some some time, some, spend some energy, spend some effort doing this thing that you're devoted to. What else? What's that? Even if it's difficult. 
even if it may have some difficulty into it, in, in, involved in it, several places it has the idea of, of keeping on, of continually doing it on and on and on with, with this possibility of, of difficulty. So they were devoted to these things. You with me? All right, I want to read it one more time to you out of the Passion Translation. This is what it says. Now remember, when you think of devoted, think of that definition. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teaching of the apostles. Look what it says. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another. That's the idea of being devoted to fellowship. It was mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. Verse 43 and a deep sense of holy awe swept over every one of them. And the apostles performed many miracles and signs and wonders. And all the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Let me ask you a question. When you think of doing church together, most of you have been in church for many moons, right? When you think of doing church together, what comes to your mind? What's the first thing that pops out of doing church together? What? What's that? To be devoted to one another? You guys are good. What else? Worship. What else? Fellowship. What else? Eat. <laughs> Says the skinny man on the front. Eat. <laughs> you know what most people think of when they think of church? What we're doing right now. This one hour or two hour thing that happens on Sunday. Would you agree with that? Most people, if you ask them, do you, in fact, is even the phrase is wrong. The phraseology of asking somebody, do you go to church? We ever ask that question? Or where do you go to church? Or say to somebody, I'm going to church. You, you understand all that phraseology is, is not biblically accurate? When, when you think of going to church, what do you think of doing? Coming to, Coming to a building to get together to spend some time worshiping, to fellowship some, to listen to some preaching, and then go home. That's what most people think of when they think of church. You with me? Would you agree? I'm not stretching that imagination or, or in, in any way, okay? When you read the verse we just read and understand being devoted to those things, it's got a lot deeper meaning than just a one-hour service on Sundays, Amen? There's a lot more to church than just this. A lot more. And it's, it's sad to me that that's most people in their mind, when you think of church, they think of going to this place and, and, and spending a little bit of time together. One, maybe two hours. If you're real spiritual, you go to church the last three hours. <laughs> I mean, we're not quite a spiritual. We only go about an hour and a half, so... Y'all remember some of those three and four hour services, right? <laughs> when you think of, of this definition of what they did together, there's a whole lot more to it than just hanging out together for an hour. That's part of it. But think, 
Think about this. I want us to camp out tonight on this fellowship idea of fellowshipping together. A major part of being a Christian, quote Christian, is not only our devotion to Jesus, but our devotion to each other. Let me say it one more time. A major part of being a Christian, being a Christ follower, following Jesus, a major part of that is our devotion not only to Jesus, but our devotion to each other. Amen? Fact is, I, I think you can even go so far as to say this. We need to question our devotion to Jesus if we're not devoted to each other. Little stretch here, stretch with me a little bit. First, first John makes this statement. I love First John. Y'all ever read First John? Makes this statement. Don't say you love God if you don't love your brother. Doesn't it? Goes on to say, how how can you say you love God who you can't see if you can't love your brother who you can see? You read that? So I, I think with just not a lot of twists, you don't have to go far. I think you can say the same thing, that how can I say I'm fellowshipping with Jesus if I'm not willing to fellowship with other people, if I'm not devoted to them, if I'm not committed to them? Can I be, can I, just ask yourself the question, maybe I'm wrong. Probably not, but maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll allow that possibility. <laughs> But ask myself, am I can, I, can I really be in love with God, devoted to Him, say, say these terms, 1 John uses this terminology, fellowship, say I have fellowship with Him, can I really say that if I'm not doing it this way? Good question. They devoted themselves to fellowship. To me, to me, there's kind of like that. Almost seems that almost seems strange when I when I read that passage in Acts two. It makes sense to be devoted to teaching, right? It makes sense to be devoted to prayer. I mean, you know, all us spiritual people are devoted to prayer. You know, it's it right? I mean, it just makes sense to be devoted to prayer. It makes sense to be devoted to 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 communion together. But to be devoted with that same kind of devotion, I'm supposed to be devoted to you, and you're supposed to be devoted to me, to each other, with that same kind of devotion. Why do you think that's so hard? Why, 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 why do we need to be devoted to fellowship? Why is it so hard? Do you think, do you think it might possibly have something to do with, you've heard this term, rugged What's the next word? Rugged, what? Individual. Rugged individualism. You ever heard that? It's, somebody said no? I want to talk to this side of the room. <laughs> In America, especially, there's this sense, there's this, this underlying current of belief of, of being a, a an individual where you, maybe you've heard the saying, pull yourself up by your 
bootstraps. Take care of yourself. You're, you're, you can do it. You're, it's, I, just go to a, I guess they still have bookstores. <laughs> just go to a bookstore and look at the number of books there are that are under the area of self-help. It's the idea of I, I can do it by myself. I don't, you know why people say that? Most of the time, it's because you've been offended by somebody else. <laughs> Somebody's hurt your feelings. Maybe you, maybe you, you went out on a limb a little bit, and you and you 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 expressed yourself emotionally to somebody, or maybe started loving them a little bit, and then they hurt you and they wounded you. And what's our first self-defense thing to do? Withdrawal, pull back. I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to put my heart out there and let somebody stomp on it. We're taught that as kids, as kids, if we're, if we're raised in an environment that's not a loving, caring environment, we're taught as a kid that if I put my heart out there, somebody's going to stomp on it, so I'm just going to just quit putting my heart out there. That's individualism. That's this idea, this mindset. If I can just, I can do it by myself. It's often, it's also, it's, it's I don't know if you recognize this or not, but it's, it's hard to get along with everybody. <laughs> Gosh, I could go so far, Rock. <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, have you noticed that some people are just tough to get along with? Absolutely. So it, it's not it's not necessarily easy to have this whole thing of 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 caring, of fellowshipping with one another. But I think somewhere in the scripture it says that they will know we are his disciples by our love. I'm going to read some verses to you. These are, these are just great verses. They're wonderful to have hanging on the wall. Good plaque verses. You know what a plaque verse is? Hmm? Yeah, it's, hello. It's just a good little verse you put up on the wall. You don't necessarily want to live it, but it looks good on the wall. <laughs> Here's some out of Proverbs. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. How does iron sharpen iron? Rock, you're old enough to know how you used to, you take a, a knife or something you want to sharpen it, and now now you just throw it away and buy a new one, or you get a throwaway knife that you swap. I actually have a hunting knife now that literally you just buy blades for it and swap the blade out. You don't have to worry about sharpening them anymore. That's called laser. <laughs> it's sharp as a razor, believe me. But iron sharpens iron. How does iron sharpen iron? By doing what? Rubbing By rubbing against. How many of you have had anybody in your life that's rubbed up against you? <laughs> the wrong way. <laughs> I told you these were good plaque verses. They're pretty to look at, difficult to live. What's it feel like when that person's rubbing up against you? Hmm. Psalms 141 says this, Let not my heart be drawn to what is evil, to take part in wicked deeds with men who are evildoers. Let me not eat of their delicacies. Let, listen to this, <laughs> Let a righteous man Strike me. It is kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is all on my head. 
My head will not refuse it. Yet my prayer is ever against the deeds of evildoers. The rulers will be thrown down from the cliffs, and the wicked will learn that my words were well spoken. But let, let, let a righteous person rebuke me. Have you ever... <laughs> Have you ever actually voiced that? I want somebody to, I want to, I want to be open enough with somebody. Usually you'll do this in a small group. I've done it in men's groups with two or three other men and say, I want, I want to be open enough for you to have the ability to speak into my life and rebuke me if it needs it. Good plaque verse, right? It's easy to say until what? Until somebody does it. <laughs> and then you'll see how fast when somebody does that in your life you'll see how fast that righteousness in you wants to rise up right <laughs> boy Proverbs 9 says this how many times does the Bible have to say it before it's true <laughs> I didn't catch you you're right if it says it numerous times what do you think that's saying we probably ought to pay some attention to this, right? Proverbs 9 says this, Who, Whoever corrects a mocker invites insult. Whoever rebukes a wicked man incurs abuse, uh, incurs abuse. Do not rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. A, what? Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. <laughs> Instruct a wise man, and he will be wiser still. Teach a righteous man, and, he'll be, and he will add to his learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Ask yourself a question. <laughs> You're going to get set up. If somebody rebukes you, and you bow up, I know none of y'all do that, but let's just assume if you bowed up and you wanted to fight back and get angry back, and maybe this person's probably, a, the person should be a close friend to yours, somebody that knows you, that can actually speak into your life, you know they love you, but even somebody that's, any of you had one of them people that love you, that care for you, speak into your life, and it didn't really go along with what you wanted to hear? And our first and natural response wants to be what? We want to bow up. We want to, we want to fight back. We want to say that's not right. We want to say this is really what I meant. But look what this verse says. A wise man wants what? <laughs> Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Instruct a wise man and he will be what? Wiser still. And, and teach a righteous man and he will add to his learning. So in other words, if, I'm, if I consider myself not a wise guy, okay, or a smart aleck, there's so many other words I could throw in there. <laughs> but a wise person... If somebody is in their lives, again, 
normally this is somebody that you trust, somebody that's a friend, somebody that's, you can, that you know they're coming to you not because they just want to beat up on you, not because they just want to talk bad about you, not because they're gossips and they're running around the world gossiping about you. This is a person that's a friend, that's a, a relative, someone that cares for you, that loves you, and they're coming to you in a spirit of love, and they're coming to you to say, what you're doing, you need to pay attention. It's not right. What you're doing can lead to some problems. When you said that to your wife, <laughs> or when you said that to your husband, or when you treated your children like this, see, all those are said, again, if I'm wise, do I want that to happen? If I'm somebody that's a wise person, doesn't that verse say, I, I, should, I should elicit that kind of conversation? If I want to be wise, do I want to be wiser? How am I going to get wiser? Do you understand that, that most of the time it's hard to see your own faults? It is. It's It's hard. But if, I'm, if I want to be a righteous, wise man, that I want to grow in my wisdom and grow in my understanding, I should, I should be encouraged by that. You know what? Our, if somebody, a brother comes to me and says, hey, Bob, you know, when you did this the other day, yada, yada, this, 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 what should my response be? Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Do I have to agree with them? No. Fact is, I'm willing to bet you right now, 99 times out of 100, when they come to you and say this to you, you're not going to agree with them right then. A wise man will do what? Thank you. I love you. I, I appreciate you having the guts. <laughs> I appreciate you having the, the guts and, and love me enough to come to me and say to me, Bob, you need to pay attention to this. That should be my response. And I may think he's wrong. I may think he's a hunter. In fact, I'm, I'm willing to bet I will probably think he's wrong. <laughs> what should I do with it? Go home and pray about it. Go home and think about it. Ask Jesus. Ask your wife. She'll tell you the truth. <laughs> Amen? If I want to be wise, Proverbs 15, He who listens to life-giving rebuke will be at home among the wise. He who ignores discipline despises himself. Whoever heeds correction gains understanding. I told you these are great verses to hang on the wall. There's something else to live. Like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold is a wise man rebuke to a listening ear. <laughs> Don't you love that? Well, here's a good one. Proverbs 27. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Think of that. Think about it. If, if Again, this is something... Most of the time, it, somebody to speak like this to you has to be a friend, somebody you've trusted in, somebody you care for, someone you're sharing with. But if that person, it's, it's, it's better. I mean, how, how many of you just want to be wrong? 
Any of you? You just, you just want to be wrong. How many of you just want to be a pain in the, you know what? <laughs> None of us do. I don't, if I, and you know what? If I'm wrong and this person loves me and cares for me, they need to, they need to come and tell me, Bob, you might ought to think of, again, it, it, you got to learn how to do this, okay? If you're going to do that in somebody's life, you better learn how to do it. And a lot of times have permission to do it, okay? Where that person has said to you, if, if you see me doing something, come share with me. A wise man wants that. A man of understanding wants that. A person who wants to grow, who wants to walk around wrong? <laughs> Amen. Listen to this. This is in Timothy. All this has to do with fellowshipping with people. I'm coming back to this, okay? This is why we need each other, why we can't stand out here by ourselves. We need people in our lives. Second Timothy says this, verse, chapter 3, verse 16. Everybody ought to have this one memorized. All scripture, all scripture, all scripture is what? God breathed, given by inspiration of God, and is useful for teaching. Look at this. The word of God is useful for what? Teaching, everybody say rebuking, rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God or woman of God, that's not just talking about men, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. How many of you want to be thoroughly equipped for every good work? Amen. The scripture the scripture is good for. What's it good for? Teaching. Amen? The Bible's good for teaching. If you come around here, you're going to get Bible. I promise you that. I don't have much else to say, but you're going to get scripture. The scripture's good for teaching. Everybody like that, right? And the scripture's good for rebuking. Amen. Sign me up. <laughs> For some reason, we like the teaching part and aren't real thrilled with the rebuking part, right? For re and for correcting and training. Right after that, the next chapter in 2 Timothy, right after verse 17 is chapter number 4, <laughs> 2 Timothy. This is what it has to say in the New Living Translation. I saw, after he's just said scripture is good for rebuking, correcting, teaching. Then he says this to Timothy, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, whom you will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Timothy, do this. Preach the, everybody say word. Preach the word of God. As a preacher, what do you need to be preaching? Your wonderful opinions. <laughs> Preach the word of God. Be prepared, Timothy, as a teacher. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Look what it says. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. What's the word good for? What's preaching to be done? Come on, spit it out. You preach the word, the word's good for what? For correction, for instruction, for rebuking, 
Encouraging, correcting. Everybody say, I love correcting and I love rebuking. One of my favorites. <laughs> For a time is coming. Uh, listen to this. Oh, my gosh. Is this today? A time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. You reckon that's going on? They will follow, listen to this, they will follow their own desires and will look, look at this, will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. My gosh, just pay attention to the world that we live in. Is that the truth? Romans 12. Told you we we're going to look at a lot of verses. This I want to preach. I want to share this with you out of the message translation. It says this, Romans 12. I'm speaking to you out of a great, out of a deep gratitude for all that God has given me, especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Who's saying this? Paul. Living then as every one of you does in pure grace. You're living in pure grace. It's important that you not misinterpret yourself as people who are bringing this goodness to God. In other words, you're not what? Bringing the what? Goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. <laughs> you don't bring it to Him. He brings goodness to... Boy, did y'all catch that? God's bringing goodness to who? To us. He brings it to all of us. The only accurate way to understand ourselves... <laughs> Is by what God is and by what He does for us, not by what we are and what we do for Him. Amen. Y'all will be going, Amen. amen. <laughs> Verse 4. And this way, we are like the various parts. We is the we is the church here. Okay? The body of Christ. And this way, we are like the various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. No rugged individualism when it comes to the church. You, look at me. You can't do it by yourself out there isolated is what he's saying. Though, we can't do it isolated by ourselves. We need each other. Each part. Did I skip that? Where am I at? <laughs> yes, in this way, we are like various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. We get our meaning from the body. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our, look at this, each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? <laughs> Don't you love that picture? Just chop your toe off or your finger and see what it really amounts to. Not much. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts of Christ's body, 
Let us go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. Isn't that powerful? Oh, that's just good stuff. What's that say? That says what? We are the body of Christ and we what? We need each other. By ourselves, we don't amount to a whole bunch. Together, as the body of Christ, we're his body. It means we belong to each other. We need one another. The passages in Acts we've been reading over and over over the last several months have been saying the same thing. They're continually devoted to each other. They devoted, committed to fellowship. They understood, they recognized that they needed each other. They had, in fact, in verse 44 of Acts chapter 2, it says this, that they all believed that they were together and they had all things in common. They shared what they had with each other. That's how much they needed one another and cared for one another. Listen to this in the message translation. Acts 4.32 says this. The whole congregation of believers was united as one, one heart and one mind. They didn't even claim ownership of their own possessions. Listen to this. No one said, that's mine, you can't have it. <laughs> they shared everything. But when I read that, I thought to myself, is what, my, is, what is mine yours? <laughs> Am I willing to give it up for you? Don't come ask for my guns, Rock. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> is what mine yours? I mean, doesn't this take doesn't that take it to this idea of fellowship to a different level? It just it takes it to another level. I mean, isn't isn't it easier to just say, "Hey, I worked hard for my things, <laughs> and you can't have them." I think the scripture is saying, as I said a minute ago, this whole idea of being committed to God, it's, it's easier for us to say, that's why 1 John said this, don't say, I love God and don't love each other. And I think that same thing is applied here. We can't say we want to fellowship with God and not do it with each other. And it's more than just a nice little small pat on the back. It's encouraging each other. It's loving each other. It's being there when you need me. It's, it's, it's praying for one another. It's holding each other up, lifting one another up. It's if you need something and I got it, it's yours. That's a different level that God's called us to. That's what being part of the church is about. And I think that's what the New Testament teaches. It's, it's, it's this whole lot. It's to me... I don't know. I, I I won't step any toes on in here because I know you guys, but it, I've just seen so many times in church life where somebody comes and they says, "I'm God's called me here. I am part of this body. I'm here. God sent me here. God, I, I am here." And three months later, they're gone. <laughs> they're not here. <laughs> Yeah, God changed his mind three months later. Now, that's not to say God can't move you somewhere else and have you here or there. But it's, it's typically, typically, when God calls you to a place, he wants you to be part of that family. 
And he wants you committed to that family and part of that family and not just haphazardly, not till I something's said that I don't like, not until somebody offends me, not until somebody steps on my toe, but I'm, I'm part of the body. And I know you guys, I'm preaching to the choir here. Most of y'all have been around a long time. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I even, it's funny, I went back and said, I just, I, it's made me start thinking. So I went back and looked in my, I have, I've written it all out because at my age I start forgetting things. But <laughs> I've, <laughs> I, I've been, Rock, you, see if you can believe this. Because you were here before me, you guys, and you guys, the Sheffies. I've been part of this fellowship for 34 years. That's longer than some of you are old. 34 years. 45. 45 for y'all. You're, but you're a lot older than I am. True. <laughs> I, was, I was 35 when Kathy and I first started coming to this church. 35. I was here 22 years before we became the pastors. Okay. So what's that? Yep. 10, 10, 10. That was the date. October 10th, 2010. That was almost 12 years ago. And I'm not do, saying that to just pat myself on the back. Many of you got similar stories. You've been here for a long time. That's there's something about that to be said. That's called, that's commitment. I mean, that's, that's committing yourselves to each other. It's not, does that make sense? I mean, you can't, I just don't think God calls somebody, tells them to go there, and, and six months later, he tells them to go there. Six months later, he tells them to go there. And it's this idea of I'm, and literally this is, people will voice this. I've heard it voiced. I'm, I'm just kind of part of the universal church, and I get up on Sunday mornings, and I just go wherever I feel like the Spirit's leading me. B.S. <laughs> Sorry. In there <laughs> God doesn't operate that way. He wants you part of a body. And, and again, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. I love you guys. And I know you are apart and long hair and love each other, but that's, I mean, when you think of, I don't know, when I, there's something about that when I'm reading that passage in Acts. It's easy for me to understand this devotion to prayer. You know, I mean, if we're spiritual, we're devoted to prayer, right? I mean, who would say they're not? You know, are devoted to teaching and devoted, you know, to the Lord's Supper, to communion, to eating together. But to be to have that same kind of, he didn't change words to say, be this kind of devoted to that, but only this kind of devoted to that. It's, it's all the same kind of devotion. And we're devoted to each other and fellowship in that same way. I, t- t- there's just something to me that just, it just stands out. That that's, that's the kind of commitment we're supposed to have to each other and caring for each other and loving on one another. And again, I, I, know, I know to some degree it's, I'm preaching to the choir with you guys, but um, I think Jesus wants to um, commend you through your pastor <laughs> for your devotion to him, to each other, to this fellowship. And uh, I think God's honored by that. I really do. I'm not just, I'm not just spouting off words. I think, I think he honors that and, and loves that. He, he loves I believe Jesus loves our devotion to each other. Amen? I mean, when you go back to 1 John, it says, how, how can you say you love your brother? How, how can you say you love God that you can't see 
when you don't love the brother you can see. That's pretty strong medicine there, pretty strong stuff. Amen? Don't you like some of those plaque verses, though? Y'all never heard them called that, have you? They're good on the wall, but they're harder to live. <laughs> Let's stand up. Did I, did, I, did I happen to tell y'all, I'm pretty sure I didn't, that, that babies numbers eight and nine, <laughs> grandbabies, are now part of the Hoover household? Um, well, yes, amen, amen, amen. I have, I've gone from six to nine. I got four grandbabies under four months old. Is that, that's just crazy. I know. A lot of, it took me a lot of work for that to happen. <laughs> What's that? Yes, they're all doing good. Too. The, girl, the, the, the moms are all doing great. The babies are all doing great. And uh, just, um, yeah, and the ones in Australia, hopefully we're going to get to see sometime here in the next six months. <laughs> and uh, they had to actually fly to Sydney last week to get... Uh, passports for the two youngest because they were not officially U.S. citizens yet until they went to the consulate to get all that paperwork done. So they had to go do all that. And it was kind of a trial run of traveling with four kids. So that, they may not come after that trial run, but <laughs> be praying for them uh, as, as they do that. But, Father, thanks for uh, just this time to, um, Lord, to open your word. Thanks for the time to Lord, just to share with each other, Holy Spirit, thank you for just speaking into our hearts, speaking to our lives. Um, Father, thank you for this for this fellowship, Lord. Thank you for this body that, um, that you've given us. We can just be here. We can be um, literally a tangible uh, presence, your presence here uh, on this planet. And so, Dad, just thank you for that. And, uh, thank you for this time to just be together. I ask you to bless our week this week. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.